0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk
1: for fans, by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, it's another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam.
0: Hey!
1: How you doing Tam?
0: I'm doing great. I am happy that the weekend is over, but sad at the same time. I don't know if you are supposed to be happy when the weekend is over. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Well, it depends on what you have to do on Monday. That's the only thing.
0: (laughs) Well, it's Monday motivation. You know, anybody who's on Twitter, Monday motivation. I look forward to reading all the motivating quotes. There you go. How was your weekend?
1: My weekend was fantastic. Actually, I um, got to catch up on a little bit of rest, and that was all that mattered. I got to sleep in a little bit more than usual, and I was just trying to take advantage of it because I knew what a long week I was going to have, so uh, I thoroughly enjoyed a little bit of extra sleep over the weekend.
0: Then you have a show? I think I saw something. I didn't get an invite. Oh my God, my co-host never invites me to any of his shows, but I think I saw something on Instagram. You had a show where you hosted at the Ha Ha Factory.
1: Right, that is true. I did have a, a show that I hosted on Saturday, but uh, the funny thing was is that that, I know I didn't have to go and be there till eight thirty at night, so that's why I, I slept in on Saturday, and then I knew I didn't have anything to do but to wake up and watch the NASCAR race on Sunday. So it was fantastic.
0: <laughs> and for our new listeners, Renee Garcia is a comedian.
1: That is correct.
0: Okay, I now am a jo-
1: professionally stand-up artist, and Tam, I'm going to invite you soon. Don't worry.
0: Okay, soon. Before we jump into all that happened in Hotlanta, really quick, are you? You watching basketball,
1: I do watch basketball. I am a huge Houston Rockets fan as well.
0: Oh, okay, never mind. We don't even need to go there. Okay, I'm gonna ask you your thoughts about the whole Draymond Green situation and what's going on with KD, Kevin Durant. Like, do you really think they will make it to the NBA finals?
1: Well, if that relationship between KD, Draymond, and including you know the Splash Brothers as well, I think if they can continue to, um, just deal with each other as far as like the rest of the season and just kind of mesh on the floor then i think maybe everything else will be irrelevant so i think that chemistry has to come together you know what we're gonna find out the first round of the playoffs we'll see going into the second round so you know it just depends
0: that's if kd is back do you think he's gonna come back by then
1: Ooh. You know they're what? That's that, very that,
0: elusive about his situation.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a tough call, Tam. I think they personally need him. Obviously, that's what. They picked him up for a reason. They look so strong. They still are strong even without him on the floor, but I think they're going to need KD if they want to definitely get to the finals.
0: Okay. Well, we'll chime in on a little bit of NBA as uh, the NASCAR season goes because NASCAR and NBA season run together and shoot, before you know it, we'll be in the NFL season. But with that being said, let's jump right into hotlanta that's right bad brad i don't even know can we call him bad brad anymore he's all tamed now he's married with a beautiful cute little girl
1: yeah wasn't that little girl so cute
0: i know and he's not bad like he used to be he still speaks up about issues but before he was a rebel now he's a Teddy bear, I don't know. I guess when you become a father of a little girl, it does that to you.
1: I think, uh, speaking from a parent's point of view, somehow this adultness in you just comes out. That's what you see in Brad right now. I don't know. I, I mean, I still like to call him Bad Brad, you know. Now, it depends. I mean, we really haven't seen him be his old self on the track so much as himself off the track. If he continues to uh, be this good. I don't know if we can still call him Bad Brad.
0: I guess Joey, his teammate, we can call him Bad Joey. I don't know. So what did you think about the race? I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Kevin Harvick, what happened. And of course, Kyle Larson, boy, this guy, yeah. he can't finish. I'm well, not sure what to think of it.
1: As far as the race is concerned, Tim, I didn't have a problem with the race at all whatsoever. And like I said, and we were talking about this beforehand, it wasn't like I was bored, but I had a good time watching the race. Uh, I thought it seemed like it was running smoothly. The people seemed to enjoy it. I was entertained by it. I mean, the way that Harvick just kind of dominated that whole race, you know, just kind of like was not surprising. At the same time, I think overall, I had no issues with the race itself but I I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know if you enjoyed it the way that I did, but.
0: Well, I will be honest. When the race was over, I felt trained. I know that sounds weird, but I think it's because I'm on social. I'm trying to talk to the fans, you know, our listeners. So I'm really engaged every race. Like I'm all in every single race, whether I'm at the track or watching it from home. But this particular race, I just felt trained. I'm not quite sure why. Now, was it a good race? Uh, You know that's up for debate. It definitely gave us a little old school flavor because as everyone knows the track is overdue for a repavement so it made for some great racing but then on the flip side was it really that great because Kevin Harvick dominated but I guess he didn't win the race so how dominant was he like does it matter if you led all the laps because you didn't win which is just crazy in itself right. and then with Kyle like I got energized towards the end because I was like oh yeah Kyle larson who's a part of our fantastic four and for our new listeners we said it last week but we'll reiterate our fantastic four consists of chase elliott kyle larson ryan blaney and austin Dillon. so we're rooting for well we root for a lot of people but we have an ongoing bet with who will win a race first kyle larson or chase elliott so we were like yay and then Kyle did what he always does. He just cannot close. At this point, I don't know, does he need to see a sports psychologist? I don't know. I'm just taking it to a whole nother level. Yeah, there's something wrong when you can't close? And he was there, but what did he do? He goes up high and lets Brad Keselowski come down low and pass him up. Like, what happened to the blocking? Like, he got said something about, you know, he didn't have the control he needed. I don't know. Either... Psychologically, he just, you know, some people get to the finish line and can't close or his crew chief made a bad call. Something went wrong. You know, with Kevin, Kevin's situation is just crazy in itself. I mean, he had the most excellent, flawless race. And then next thing you know, he gets a speeding penalty. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Renee?
1: You know, the one thing I do want to point out is um, Chase Elliott also was running really well there for a minute. And again, when... They had the restart. Chase seems to have some kind of um, dark cloud over him on late restarts uh, when it comes close to the end of the race because once again, Chase Elliott had a horrible restart, and he ended up falling back to like, I think he fell back like four spots, tried to make it up there in the last 10 laps, but I think that's another mental thing with Chase Elliott that's going on. Some, for some reason, this guy, when it's late in the race and there's a, there's a restart, he just has a horrible, horrible time trying to maintain his position. As for Kyle Larson, I was really, really confused. Uh, just like you, Tam, I didn't understand. And if you go back and watch the race and you listen to to uh, DW up up in the booth he was confused just as much as anybody all three of them were were confused why he was going so high it was like did he want Keselowski to pass him I was like what is what is he doing everybody was confused but you're right I don't know what was going on on the radio I don't know if his crew chief was saying something and I know they talked to him after the race but he was just like I don't know I just couldn't get a really good grip on the track and uh he felt better going high Either way it goes, Brad took advantage of it, took the lane, passed him up, and won the race. As far as Harvick is concerned, you're right, what a flawless race. He dominated that entire race through each three segments up into that last caution going into the restart. And then he has that speeding violation. And now he wasn't the only one. Tam, there was a lot of drivers who got penalties for speeding on pit road. But there was none more just disappointing than Kevin Harvick's at the end, and it was just way too late, and he was way too far back to try to make up that time. It was just too little too late.
0: Yeah, well, he did his best. I mean, he was passing cars like somebody in the country swatting flies. <laughs> yeah,
1: was he, he was. <laughs>
0: He really was trying to make a comeback. One thing I did want to say about Chase and the restarts is very interesting because year before last, I felt that Dale Jr. always had issues with the restarts. Yeah. Like, I felt like if Dale was in the lead and he was winning and a caution came out and they needed to restart, it was almost a guarantee that he wasn't going to take the lead again. Like, he had problems with restarts, but he was actually able to overcome that issue. Hopefully, Chase will get it together. You know, I don't know what is going on, but I did see where Chase, he kind of was in the middle. It looks like they were three wide for like a half a second, and then he just fell back. Right. But with that being said, let's go over our top 10 for Hotlanta. So as we know, Brad Keselowski won. Mm-hmm. We had Kyle Larson in second because he just gave it up to Brad. Matt Kensett actually came in third. Casey Kane, who yep. I feel like we need to talk about. Yeah, I was waiting for you fourth. to say that name. Yes. Chase Elliott, fifth. Joey Logano. And you know what? I feel like Joey is a little bit quiet. For the first two races but I expect to be talking about him a bit more as mm-hmm. the season goes on. Kyle Bush came in seventh. I feel like we're going to talk about Truex as well this I season. agree. He came in eighth. Kevin Harvick came in ninth and Jamie McMurray, a driver who we talk about but we don't talk about, he came in tenth. Yeah. Pretty interesting because I feel like Jamie is just always there but not if that makes sense.
1: I totally agree and it totally makes sense to me.
0: So I'm expecting and more from Jamie. We said we were going to talk about Casey Kane. I know that's your guy. So Renee, what do you have to say about Casey
1: Kane? Yeah, you know, Tim, I'm very happy for this kid. I can't be more impressed at how he has started this season. It's just wonderful to see Casey. And the way he finished last year, he finished on a good note and I think if we go back and listen to some of the episodes that last year when we ended the season that I talked about Casey Kane, I'll reiterate it here that I hoped that he would continue that into this to the next season which is the 2017 season and he certainly has lived up to that expectation. I mean he's had two good races one at Daytona one here or one there in Atlanta and it's just refreshing to see Casey Kane you know back in the mix of everybody else. I think it's fantastic for Casey Kane fans that are out there cuz let's be honest the guy practically disappeared the last several years. I mean he was practically unheard of, Tam.
0: Well, it's interesting because as we know Alex bon- is sitting patiently at Hendrick. Yep. And Casey Kane's contract is due for renewal soon Mm -hmm. so he better get it together (laughs) because as we've witnessed in atlanta it's a whole bunch of new young drivers waiting
1: oh yeah
0: they're they're, first of all half the field was i think they said under 25 or something
1: that that sounds about right
0: yeah so we have drivers waiting here's the question for you will casey kane win a race this year renee
1: oh boy that's a good one wowza it's only two races into the season. I'm going to wait till about the fifth race. And then I'll have a really, I'll know for sure whether he'll win a race or not. But as of right now, I got to see more. So I'm going to say no at this point. But No? No. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Oh,
0: God. How are you going to not vote for your guy to win a race?
1: I don't know. You you're know, like I, a team. I'm,
0: you're a Team Hendrick fan. I you're am. Fan I, boy you know a fanboy for Jimmy, Dale, Chase, and Casey Kane and you're not gonna go out on a limb and say that your guy is gonna win What's uh,
1: you know it's like I want to it's like right on the tip of my tongue but I'm just like oh it's, it's like it's fighting me it's like <laughs> uh, I know that sounds so bad
0: speaking of winning a race I gotta talk about my boy my man Clint hey Clint Boyer
1: yeah Clint Boyer
0: so Clint, he's showing us some things. I mean, Atlanta didn't quite work out the way we wanted it right. to. But at one point he was running third, I believe.
1: Yeah, he was.
0: I predicted Clint is gonna win a race on the last podcast. Now, I actually posted a poll to our Twitter account. And if you guys aren't following us on Twitter, make sure to check us out at turns no break. The poll simply state, Well, Clint Boyer won't win today, because I posted this yesterday, but We still believe he will win a race this year. What do you think? Can Clint win? Surprisingly, 67% of the people who actually voted said yes. There were 17% that that said no. And of course, I had to throw in a little fun answer. Are you serious? And of course, 16% people checked. Are you serious? I don't know how to interpret that as in, are you serious? Why are you asking this question? Because he's not going to win. Or are you serious just because? But I was very pleased with the results that 67% of the people out there that voted believe he will win a race.
1: Yeah, I think we both believe that he'll win a race this year. I believe that unfortunately yeah. i believe clint boyer will win a race than casey kane and that's and i hate saying that but uh i'm really liking the way clint boyer has been racing these last two weeks as well and you know when it comes to clint i just like i feel it i feel it more like it's i don't know and, and i miss this guy you know what i mean i miss this guy on the track you know and, I, and i'm glad to see him back in a car and racing again it's fantastic to see
0: yes indeed we haven't talked about dale that's your guy any thoughts how's dale doing what is going on with dale NASCAR Nation and you know which includes us we would all agree that we're happy he's back in the car Mm -hmm. but what's going on?
1: I'm not sure what's going on uh in that number 88 car you know Daytona he was running he was running fine uh, in Daytona and then the wreck happened and uh messed his car up Uh, he was done for the day couldn't do anything about that and then in Atlanta you know it, it wasn't the best race he's ever had, obviously, but uh, I don't know something was going on there. But I, I just I think he's gonna be fine, though, Tam. I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. is gonna be just fine. I think they're just having maybe just a tough, you know, start here at the at the beginning of the season, and it's only two races in. I think he's gonna be fine, Tam.
0: Okay, well, we'll talk about Dale next week. Speaking of Dale, shout out to Valvoline. Uh We had some. Very, uh, scale size stock cars that were given to us by Valvoline. And we gave one or two away on Twitter and you guys responded. Maybe we will give one to our listeners. I have to check and see how many we have left. But next week, maybe we'll do something where we ask the question and for one of our listeners. And if they answer it correctly, we'll give it away. Awesome. So moving on, we talked a little bit about our Fantastic Four. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, and Austin Dillon, but I want to talk about our three amigos,
1: which
0: are Ty Dillon, Daniel Suarez, and Eric, as in Eric Jones with the, you know what? I want to call him Justin Beaver because he has like that little Justin Beaver hair going on, but (laughs) nonetheless. So our three amigos, let's see, Eric came in 14th. That's actually pretty impressive because all of them got off to a rocky start last Last week in Daytona. Yeah. You know, rightfully so, it was their first cup race. So things got off to a rocky start, but it was great to see that they're actually back into it or getting into it. So Eric Jones came in 14th, Ty Dillon surprisingly came in 15th, and Daniel came in 21st. And why I say surprisingly, Ty came in 15th? Because he actually beat out his brother, Austin Dillon. And not only did he beat out his brother, He beat out Daniel. Like, in my heart, I actually believe that Daniel is going to be a better racer than Ty and Eric. But unfortunately, at this particular moment or, you know, this time of the season, the second race, Daniel has not proven me to be correct. Right. But we'll keep you guys updated on the three amigos as the season goes on and on or should we say around and around
1: that is correct and actually you know what i thought that daniel suarez had a better race this week than he did last week it seems like he's maybe just uh still trying to figure out how to race a little bit on the cup level but i have no doubt i have no doubt that he'll figure it out and figure it out quick and i agree with you tam i think he'll end up being a better driver than ty and eric
0: yeah that is our three amigos you know, what's been a hot topic this, well, I guess this weekend it was super hot. I, it wasn't that hot in Atlanta, which is funny, but this was a hot topic. A lot of the drivers don't want Atlanta to be repaid and Atlanta is long overdue for repavement. I don't know. It, it looked a little old and I can't even say a little old. It is old. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: I think it's probably coming up on the time that it should be repaved. You know, Tam, I, I get like a lot of the driver's really don't want it to be repaved. But at the same time, you kind of have to look at it and go, well, well, what are you going to wait for? You know, something bad to happen where the, the track falls apart, you know, I mean, during a race that you don't want already that.
0: already falling apart. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: exactly. But you really don't want it to fall apart. You know, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, and Brad Kislowski was shouting, you know, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And, but I, I think they got to do it.
0: Well, we'll see what they do. I mean, the petition is out there. The drivers don't want it to happen. They like, you know, they say it gives them that old school feel, but we'll see now what is probably going to come up for pet- petition is the five minute garage rule. I personally hate it, but it seems that you know I heard DW and the Fox guys talking about it needs to be extended. One even went as far as said it, it needs to go away. Personally I'm not one for a bunch of change and NASCAR is all about change. You know, change can be a great thing. In this instant, though, I'm not quite sure that I like that. Like, I just think it needs to be changed as and go away. What do you think about it, Renee?
1: I don't like it either. I mean, come on. It's five minutes. I (laughs) I mean, every time I think I'm understanding NASCAR and the rules, something else comes in and then I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I get why they're doing it, but I don't personally like it either, Tam. I'd wish that the, that would be one thing that I'm okay with everything else. The five minute thing, I just, I, I don't care for that. If they're going to change rules in the manner of the way that they do it, you know, Tam, it seemed like this year there was so many different things all at once. Does that make any sense? Like, it just seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's I guess that's what I'm more was. frustrated than anything else.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it was just too much. I mean,. Between the garage rule and the segment racing and points, and speaking of, what do you think about the segment racing so far?
1: Not- Man, nay, yay? You know what? Not bad. I'm actually liking that. I see what's going on, and I see how the segments are working here a little bit, and if anybody benefited from maybe some of the segments, it was- I mean, the whole Kevin Harvick thing I don't think had anything to do with the segments. I think, uh, obviously, that had to do with him just speeding, but I don't mind it at all. I, I really like it.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think I'm just more so an old school traditionalist. Like, I like things to be simple. NASCAR has gotten very complicated. And I said this before on one of our podcasts last year. It's very simple. When you're running the 100-yard dash, they don't award points for who was in the lead at the 40-yard mark. You start and you finish. And whoever finished wins the race. You're not going to get any extra points because at 50 yards, you were ahead of whoever. So for me, I'm just very much a pure traditionalist. You start the race. You finish the race wherever you finish is how the points are awarded right I think that the segment racing and the way the points are done, it gives media something to talk about because I did see an abundance of articles during the race where these people are just literally sitting in the NASCAR deadline room writing articles as the race unfolds. Like, yeah, Kevin Harvick just led segment two. Such and such just led segment three or segment one, whatever. Yeah. I just think like you start the race, you finish it. Pit yeah. rows situation, same thing. Let them fix it on pit road. Like They know what needs to be fixed on pit road versus what they need to do or if it's something that requires them to go back to the garage.
1: Yeah. Well, talking about Kevin Harvick real quick, as you see in the standings, Kislowski and even with Kislowski and Kurt Busch winning the two races, Kevin Harvick is still in first place based on points. It wasn't a total loss, but-
0: but see, that's just my whole point. Kevin did not win the race. He didn't win the race last week either. So is it fair that he's in first place?
1: You know what? That's a good question. And maybe we should put that on our social media.
0: No, I'm just being honest. Like, I, if you listen to me long enough, and we always say I'm a feisty one, but I always deal in logic. Everything with me is always logical. So to me, like I just said, you start the race, you finish. Nobody's given points in between because they were leading. So how is it that Kevin Harvick is the top? When he didn't even win one of the two races. Yeah. This is kind of my issue with a lot of what's going on. But nonetheless, if the fans like it, I guess I love it. You know, and that kind of goes to the state of NASCAR. Like, I feel like NASCAR is trying to please everyone, but you're going to lose some people while you're trying to please the others. Right. So we'll see. I mean, one thing is attendance was up at Atlanta. It wasn't sold out, but I think they said it was up so many percent. I'm not, I don't recall exactly what, but I know the attendance was up. Yeah. And the ratings were up for Daytona. So I guess somebody loves it.
1: It seems like the first two weeks were a success for at least from a a fan standpoint. I was happy to see that, you know, because like we had talked about before, how NASCAR had been kind of suffering a little bit as far as attendance. It was really encouraging to see that the first two weeks that the people have come out and really supported the sport the way they did.
0: Well, we'll see what happens to, or this week coming up in Las Vegas. Vegas, because, you know, there's actually been some talk about adding a second race in Las Vegas. I think it's a great idea because here's the thing as a fan, spending my cold, hard cash, uh, I'm dedicated to the sport. So I mm-hmm. will go to certain tracks. But uh, am I going to say Richmond versus Las Vegas? Sign me up. Viva Las Vegas. Here I come. That's right. So I as, think. As-
1: As a fan of Vegas, I don't mind seeing that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, but I just feel like there's so much to do in Vegas, and there are so many hotels, and it's just a great situation. One of the things that I hate about Daytona is the hotels. Yeah, like in Daytona, be prepared to stay in some real roach motels, roach coaches. What what do they call them? Uh, Like they're, they're just not the best selection of hotels. So it's almost discouraging. For somebody who wants to come, it's like okay, you gotta pay for the cost of the tickets. Then you need to pay for hotel, and because there aren't that many hotels in Daytona, mm-hmm. the cost is up. You're paying five hundred dollars to stay in a Days Inn, five hundred dollars a night. That is versus you can go to Las Vegas and they may not charge you five hundred dollars. You know the room may be two hundred dollars a night, but of course they're gonna add on that $30 resort fee and $10 for parking, depending on where you're staying. But at least you know you're staying in someplace nice.
1: Yep, that's for sure.
0: You can catch a show, have some food, because you know one thing about Vegas, they sure will feed you. go to Caesar's Palace Buffet
1: and there's no shortage of any kind of shows anywhere in Vegas (laughs)
0: yes well we're gonna be in Vegas and speaking of Caesar's Palace Buffet I think that I'll be at the buffet on Saturday I don't know about you Renee but that's one of my favorite buffets like I've been all over the world and I know this may sound cheesy but there are two buffets that I absolutely adore I love Caesar's Palace Buffet and I love the buffet at the Atlantis in Dubai now the difference is The Caesar's Palace buffet is roughly about, I think it's like $26, $32 or something. The buffet at the Atlantis Resort in Dubai is hundred and forty dollars wow so i was actually in dubai last year and yeah it was hundred and forty dollars but for hundred and forty dollars you have champagne and you have top shelf alcohol although it's not really technically top shelf because alcohol and for you guys that don't know this is a quick fact alcohol is super expensive in the middle east because they're not supposed to be drinking alcohol but they import it for visitors like myself and there is a price on that alcohol so I always say when you go to the buffet it's called saffron buffet at the Atlantis you're paying out of that 140 US dollars for the buffet none of that is for the prime rib and the steak and all that that's pretty much for the alcohol Wow! and the alcohol is flowing let me tell you that much it's one of my favorite things to do when I go to Dubai but moving right along because that is pretty much that I done talked about alcohol buffet hotel rooms and renee's just like what is she talking about <laughs> But let's talk about something that we all can relate to let's go into some predictions and our fan comment of the week Perfect. so there's a bunch said in terms of fans boy you guys always have something to say i am just going to read a few snippets here and there of something that i found on the reddit board for nascar And it was pretty much a recap of everything that happened. So the first comment says, if you've been clamoring for NASCAR to be like the old days, this race was for you. Don't you dare bitch. Thought it was a pretty good race for the most part. The end cars were a blast to watch because of how much slipping and sliding was going on. Harvest stunk up the show for a while, but you can't do much about how spot on the car was. So basically that comment is just saying, NASCAR fans, for most, this race was old school racing. Although Kevin did dominate, don't complain. I actually like that comment because it's great when you finally have a fan that's like, look, forget all that you've been complaining about, just pretty much enjoy the sport. Yeah. So I like that comment. I do too. Another comment that I came across and we talked about this a little earlier, quote, bad luck Larson, unquote, just saw good luck, stare him in the face. Can't go all woe is me. After that one, I'll be excited to see him start and finish a race. Obviously, it is coming. I don't know. I thought it was going to happen last year. Renee, do you think he's going to win? You think he's capable of finishing?
1: I think he is. I think it's just uh, like anything else. You just, you're there You're close. Uh, Like I've been saying the same thing for Chase Elliott. They're right there. They just need to have that one race to finish it out. And it's going to happen. If you want my answer specifically, yes, I think he will.
0: Okay, so just some comments on that comment from other people on the Reddit board. One person writes, Been three years and keeps doing the same thing. Yeah, pretty much so. He keeps doing the same thing. He's not closing. And another person actually wrote, I think the argument that the Ganassi equipment is slowing him down needs to go to the wayside. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know if it's an equipment thing because clearly he was there.
1: Yeah, he was, wasn't it? I mean, you it know, didn't seem like it was an equipment problem at all.
0: It seems like it was operator error.
1: Like yeah, exactly. The Maybe the equipment in his head, because it seems to come down to a mental thing more than an equipment thing. So you can't blame it on the car. I mean, now, if, if it was something obvious where he blew a tire or smoke was coming out of the engine or something like that, then, then that's different. But I think this is just a mental thing than anything else.
0: Well, I'm going to add something to that and I'll finish with the commenters. He he has some other things to say. A few years ago, so I've had the same car three times in three different colors because I leave. So every two or three years, I pretty much have had the same car. I just get another color. I know. I love my car. What can I say? I had an issue with the brakes. I don't drive very much. I may average about 8,500 to 9,000 miles a year. That's a big thing considering I live in Los Angeles. Most people drive 30,000 miles a year in Los Mm -hmm. Angeles. I personally would never drive that much in one year because I don't have any place to go except to the gym. (laughs) But aside from that, (laughs) I had to get brakes and rotors. The dealership told me it was operator error. I said, how is it operator error when I don't drive? I said, explain to me. I said, To the service guy, I said, how is it operator error when I don't drive that much? So come to find out, it actually was faulty equipment because this particular year, many of the luxury vehicles, Lexus, Mercedes, and I believe it was Audi, they went to a different type of brake pad. This particular brake pad was running thin very quickly, which Intel was causing a lot of people to have to replace their brake pads and some even their rotors. I said, look, the equipment is what it is. It is not operator error. That was a complete side note because it has nothing to do with Kyle because in this situation, I do think it's operator error, but I just want to share that story about that. <laughs> so let me go on with the commenters, the rest of what he had to say. He said the number one and 42 have been top 10 cars every week stretching back to midway of last season. Larson just either isn't as talented as everyone assumed or he's a slow learner. Ouch. Ah, was I don't you know what that was mean. But is it true?
1: It was mean, but I kinda understand where the commenter is coming from. I think um, I know what he's trying to say, he's just saying it in a real crappy manner, but I get it. There's some people who are are, I think when they're a young driver, they come up in this sport, they eventually get it. If you look back at when Kislowski and Logano were coming up, those two guys were different. I mean, they caught on really quick and they, they won really early in their careers, right, Tam? I mean
0: as they say, Joey Logano, I think it was DW who coined in the best thing since sliced bread.
1: Yeah, exactly. And these guys that are coming up with Larson and, and Chase, and uh, now you have Eric Jones and Ty Dillon and Daniel Suarez and all these other guys, it's it's taken them a little bit longer to uh, win their first race. And that's not to say they're bad drivers. Some people just have a tendency to know how to win and kislowski and Logano figured that out really quick these guys is just they just haven't got it and you know that doesn't mean that they're horrible drivers like I said it just means that but they're going to eventually figure it out and I know they will and once they start figuring it out I mean we're going to start saying these guys names on a regular basis, now I, now I totally believe that, but I understand what the commenter well, was saying. Been
0: saying Kyle Larson's name on a regular basis, so we'll see. One, I do want to add one last comment because I just saw this one and it's actually too good not to read. Another commenter, his name on Reddit is Big Gamerer, G A M E R E R, and of course he has the number eighty-eight as his icon. He says. In regards to Kyle Larson, and this is in response to the original commenter, he says the dude has raw pace and I think his raw pace is better than anything any other driver can bring to the table. I mean, you and I both saw him drive that car inches off the wall lap after lap at Homestead last year, but he's prone to crumbling under high pressure scenarios he can't take the heat
1: ouch yeah
0: but i don't know i mean here's the thing he does run up top and he does an excellent job yep. when he's up there i mean he is like the commenter said he runs so close to the wall it's like whoo yeah But you know i guess he couldn't take the heat in hot how about that
1: <laughs> he, obviously he did exactly that by running high and letting brad koslowski run low and take that lane and, uh, well, there you have it. It's hard to argue with that.
0: Yeah, well, okay, let's go on to our predictions, predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race Predictions. Renee, who you got for Las Vegas?
1: Viva All right, Las Vegas. here we come. Viva Las Vegas. Oh, I'm going to get straight to it. Tam, you're going to hear it first right here. And I don't care what anybody says. This is what I'm feeling. And I made this prediction. At the end of the race, Kevin Harvick is your winner in Las Vegas. He is going to find a way to win that race. Now, Dark Horse, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Kyle Busch is going to make... Kyle, Kyle Bush, Bush is going to win that race if Kevin Harvick doesn't win it. You knew I was
0: going to say Kyle Bush. I'm shocked that you didn't say Jimmy, but I knew you was going to say a Bush because they're from Las Vegas.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, so here is the part of the show where I give you a quick history lesson before I give you my predictions. I'm going to give you the past 10 winners in Las Vegas 2016, we had Bad Brad Keselowski. 2015, Harvick, 2014, Brad, again, 2013, Mackenzie, 2012, Tony Stewart, my man, 2011, Carl Edwards, 2010, Jimmy Johnson, 2009, or 2009, we had that guy, Kyle Busch, 2008, we had Carl Edwards, and 2007, we had Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Seven Time. Quick little observation. Jimmy Johnson is a four-time winner in the Cup Series in Las Vegas. Mm. Matt Kensett is a three-time winner, and Bad Brad... He's only won two of the last three races in Las Vegas. Not bad.
1: Not bad at all. Now,
0: no. What I also noticed is that Harvick is actually a two-time winner in the Xfinity races. And just because our last three winners in Las Vegas for the Xfinity races were Kyle Bush, Austin Dillon, and Bad Brad. And that's from 2016, Kyle Bush, Austin 2015, and Bad Brad in 2014. So that's some pretty interesting facts. What I'm thinking is I'm going to go with a Bush as well because it is both Kurt and Kyle's home track. And I feel like Kyle has something to prove. We're already going into the third race of the season and we haven't seen a win from this guy.
1: Mm -mm.
0: Kurt already got a win and he won the Daytona 500. And I'm not saying that Kurt can't win Las Vegas, but I feel like Kyle is there so I'm gonna go with Kyle so Kyle is actually my pick to win my dark horse is going to be Matt Kenseth.
1: mm that's a good one yeah Matt Kenseth. I'm
0: gonna go with Matt Matt you know, hasn't won in Vegas since 2013 but'm I'm, I'm feeling something special about Matt
1: well he did feel, something special like yes something, yesterday by yeah. moving up that high.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to go with Matt. So ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. We will be in Las Vegas. So make sure if you aren't already follow us on Twitter and Instagram at turns, breaks. We will be posting live on the Twitter as well as Instagram. We post some pretty cool Instagram stories. So hopefully you're checking it out.
1: And if you want to follow us on our own social media, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my handle is all the same. It's at it's Renee Garcia. That's at I-T-S-R-E-N-E-G-A-R-C-I-A. And you can also find me on Facebook as well. And Tam, where can they find you?
0: Oh, I don't know if you guys want to find me. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I'm at I Am Sincerely Tam across the board.
1: Perfect, and there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, we always appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week to All Turns and No Breaks. This is a podcast for fans by fans we love this sport just as much as you do and please tune in next week as we cover the las vegas race and if you want to give us your predictions on who's going to win and maybe your dark horse hit us up on our social media and let us know for tam and renee and for all turns no breaks we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next week
0: bye bye thanks so much for tuning in with tam and renee